On a beautiful Saturday in CCO land, time once again for our wine chat with our friend from that family-run business, long-time CCO land company, Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack. Hi, Jenny. How are you this morning? I am doing well. Thanks for asking. Hope you are, too. It's a great day today. Yes, it's going to be a great day. Yeah. And I thought I might touch on today a little bit. You know, rosé has become such a big factor in the wine world. I, I thought I would touch on that and more specifically the rosés of Provence, that area of France. Uh, you know, in the last 25 years, rosés have become more than a fad. They're, they're trendy. Would you believe that one out of every five years, rosés have become more than a fad? They're, they're trendy. Would you believe that one out of every five bottles of wine sold is a rosé? It's absolutely incredible what has happened and the growth continues and the consumption continues the increase in consumption uh so rosé is not a passing fad uh it uh it's an enjoyable flavor it pleases everybody uh the wines are refreshing fruity aromatic and more importantly they're in tune with people's lifestyle uh Rosé's kind of made a place for itself because it's evolved with the new consumers and the consumers' lifestyles, which means a less structured meal, cuisines from around the world, simple and direct dining, uh, and best of all, immediate enjoyment and not complex. It's really a more accessible wine. It's sort of the wine of freedom, if you will. It allows you to have an opinion on that, and you can have a strong opinion where you might feel a little uncomfortable doing it with a big red wine or even a big white wine. Rosés seem simple, and of course they're not. I mean, it's incredible over these last 15 years what's happened. The consumption has gone up over 500%. It's just remarkable. The most, the oldest of all rosés comes from Provence, France, that beautiful area was named by the Romans. They called it our new province, and thus the name Provence. And that new province uh, was known for its fine wines all over the Mediterranean. And rosé isn't a trendy new wine. Uh, when the Greeks originally planted Provence, they were there uh, about 300 years before the Romans were. There was already rosés, because rosé... Uh, all wines, if particularly if made from grape clusters, uh, they weren't too familiar with macerating. In other words, keeping the grape cluster in touch with the juice and all that. And they, they would let it sit. So all wines had a pink tinge to them. And uh, Provence is the oldest rosé wine in the world. And it's got a great reputation and, it, and it's earned that. Because of the climate, it's wonderful climate in Provence. The terroir, it's easy to see why, you know, in the last century that was uh, every British nobleman had a place in Cannes or Nice, somewhere in the French Riviera, uh, and that's all part of Provence. And the rosé wines were very popular at that time, and they're even more popular today. Uh, believe it or not, Provence accounts for, in the whole world, about 20% of the world production of rosé wines. It's absolutely marvelous uh, that this wine is 
you don't need to fuss when you're having rosé. It goes with so many different things. It really is terrific because you can have it with uh, anything that has iole in it. Iole is nothing more than a garlicky mayonnaise. And the food there uh, in Provence is simple, straightforward. You know, I I love Provence to visit because you see these fields of lavender, purple fields as far as the eye can see. And they're full of nothing but this wonderful spice lavender. They have bushes of rosemary that are as big as trees almost. They certainly are bigger than a a refrigerator or a freezer, uh, these huge rosemary bushes out for the picking. And, of course, they put that in all the food. And thyme grows just like a weed all through Provence. So you have those mixings there, those spices, that beautiful lavender to look at, and the climate that just beckons. Uh, They have, you know, in Provence, more Sundays than anywhere else in France. And the wonderful thing about it is what they call the mistral. Those are winds that come up from the north. And in the winter, they can be bitter and mean. In the summer, they're refreshing and cooling. And uh, it's just a wonderful way to sit and enjoy and sip a rosé wine in this pretty, pretty area of France. Some say the prettiest area of France. I wouldn't want to argue with that. I have my own favorite area of France. But Provence, certainly, uh, it's a good reason. So many uh, celebrities have started wineries in Provence uh, because the wine is easy, the life is easy. Uh, What's not to be enjoyed by it? It's very, very simple and pleasant. And, you know, the grape type, the main grape type is Carragon, and it makes a wonderful rosé. However, Sinsel, Grenache are also, and they're experimenting with Cabernet and Syrah as well to make rosés. So it's the variety of rosés from Provence is just remarkable. There's one for every single taste bud. Again, those grape types are Carrigan, Sinsalt, Grenache, Maduvra, Cabernet Sauvignon, and Syrah. And they really are marvelous wines. The uh, Carrigan is so popular that they limit the use of that. The maximum of Carrigan in a rosé in Provence can only be 40%. And that area just is a, a wonderful place to visit. The food is great. And believe it or not, they have a rating of rosés, a color rating. And uh, I'll give you the colors by consumer preference. Peach, melon, mango, pomelo, mandarin, and red currant. Those are the six main colors of the wine of Provence. And this was established by the wines of Provence uh, Agricultural Committee and uh, they still follow that. Most of us in this country don't pay much attention to the color. It, it is what it is. But there, they're very serious about that rosé color, and, it, and it's very important. Uh, originally, you know, it was just a cheap, cheerful beverage, but it's become, as I said, because of all these celebrities being in there, every big, huge, expensive firm in France has a vineyard in Louis Vuitton, which would be the main one. Uh, Louis Vuitton, Moet, Hennessy is a huge conglomerate 
in France. Uh, and in the last 10 years, they've acquired three vineyards in Provence because it's the trend of the future. So it's no longer a cheap and cheerful beverage. It's undergone a total transformation over the last few years. And every big major investor is interested in adding a premium rosé to their portfolio. Uh, In our country here, we don't drink a lot of rosé. It's two liters per capita per year. Uh, So there's lots of room for growth, and the growth is there. Rosé wines grow each year in double digits and have, as I said, for the last 20-some years. It's just absolutely incredible what it's offering people uh, in the way of rosé wines. Every single winery that I'm aware of in California that has a big marketing department has added in the last few years a rosé, whether we're talking Oregon, Washington, California, Ohio, New York, Lakes District, etc. They all are putting in a rosé. And I have a good friend, of course, that had a whole whole lot to do with that, and that was Sasha Lachine. Alexis Lachine was sort of the Pope of Wine uh, in the 70s. He was the last word, and he did so many things. We could do a a two-and-a-half-hour program just on Alexis Lachine. But he did a lot of wonderful things. He's the one that invented the tasting room and so on and so on. But anyhow, he had two chateaux in Bordeaux, Chateau Lascombes and Chateau Pure Lachine. Uh, uh, he sold Lascombes himself, and then his son inherited Pure Lachine. And he, it was just uh, too expensive to run, and he didn't have enough money. So he sold Pure Lachine, his son Sasha, and decided he was going to have the most expensive rosé in the world. And about 22 years ago, he bought something called uh, Whispering Angel. It's very popular now. Most people have heard of it, particularly if you like rosés. And he had Chateau Lescance. And the Lescance, he said, John, I'm, he calls me John, John, I'm going to, have a rosé for $100. I said, Sasha, good luck. You'll never sell it. No one's going to pay that kind of money for a rosé. Well, who was wrong? Me. Uh, Not too long ago, he sold most of the company to Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy, uh, for an unbelievable amount of money. And uh, it just showed what a pioneer he turned out to be in the rosé business. And his uh, Rosé, Whispering Angel, again, is a Provence wine. And, you know, all these celebrities there, Brad Pitt, uh, George Lucas, George Clooney, to name just a few, uh, have properties there and have rosés they want to sell. And as I mentioned earlier, because Louis Vuitton has bought into Whispering Angel, it fits in their portfolio where they already have Bouffe Clicquot, Dom Perignon, in sparkling wines. In Red Bordeaux, they own Chateau Shovel Blanc, maybe arguably the greatest Saint-Emilion uh, in Bordeaux, and undoubtedly the greatest sweet wine in the world, Chateau Yaquem, are all owned by Moet and Hennessy. And uh, as I said, with them involved in the rosé wine business, and particularly Provence rosé, I think you get the idea. This area is really 
causing the whole wine world to sit up and take note uh, because the rosés from Provence are really selling remarkably, remarkably well. And as I said earlier, it's a good reason for it. The wine is adaptable, and it adapts and fits in with today's lifestyle. You know, with the way you eat, as I said earlier, the different cuisines. Almost any rosé will go fairly well with most food, just like uh, some of the wags that are real wine experts argue champagne goes with all food. Well, it, it isn't a bad choice with all food, but, of course, you know, you, I like a little variety, and champagne didn't give you that. However, rosé goes with all food, and is there variety there? Yes, indeed. I mean, it's just remarkable, the degree of sweetness, the degree of acidity, the degree of fruitiness, all varies from property to property. And when you're having this unstructured life that so many of us are in today, and casual, 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 what's better than a casual wine from Provence? They're really remarkable wines. Uh, They deserve a place at everybody's table. And if you haven't drunk rosé, I urge you to try it. And try one of these Provences. There's a good reason it's the most popular rosé in the world, because it is one of the best rosés in the world. And the variety you'll discover is amazing. We have one, uh, Medo, M-E-D-O. And it is a wonder, it comes in a reusable flagon that you can use for a carafe with a glass stopper. But the wine inside is the treat, not the flagon itself. Uh, Mato in Provence is a wonderful rosé uh, that we have been bringing in for years and years and years. And believe me, on a hot summer day, or even a day like today, which isn't going to be so hot, might be a perfect summer day, it certainly wouldn't hurt this afternoon to have a glass of rosé and even try having the rosé with your meal. I think you'll find you discovered a new friend and the wine is absolutely terrific. So look out for those Provence rosés. They're wonderful, and they're here to stay. And I think you can find, I know you can find them all at Haskell's. Indeed. The folks at Haskell's love to talk about wine, and whether your favorite wine is a Pinot Noir from Oregon or a Claret from Bordeaux, France, or you're just looking for a wonderful new rosé to try and experiment with, Stop in and see the folks at Haskell's. Tell them what you're going to fix, and they'll pick a wine that will go just perfectly with it. And, you know, they'll help you pick a wine that won't cost too much. The folks at Haskell's love to talk about wine, and Saturday's a great day to do just that at one of our stores. And we have 11 of them in the Twin City area. There's a Haskell's in Bloomington, Excelsior. There's one in Faribault right off of 35W. Our Maple Grove Supercellar is unbelievable, 22,000 square feet of vineyards of the world. In Minneapolis, we have free parking on Saturday and Sunday. There's a Haskell's in Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com. And don't forget, at Haskell's, we do deliver. Jack, have a great week, and let's talk uh, next weekend. You know, Denny, I'm going to look forward to that. And as a matter of fact, next weekend, I'm going to call you from France. Fantastic. We'll look forward to it. Jack Farrell from Haskell's.